Uh, no, I'm not trying to kill you. Bull fucking shit. <laughs> that smile right there tells me completely different. You're not the one dying. <laughs> oh my God, stop it. Stop. We're, we're not even going down that path right now. Out of sight, out of mind. We're not talking about it. We're not thinking about it. Just, oh. Nope. Mm, out the door. But it's literally going to be part oh. of a topic. Uh, how is oh. it? Gosh. How's it going to be a part of a topic? It's not because, on my list. Because we're talking about a gentleman in uh, their scenario. Yes. Okay. So it is part of it. You are you are correct. I stand corrected. My bad. Because yeah. who's <laughs> always right? <laughs> I was just going to say, what else is what else is new? I'm always wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> ah, bitch. I forget a lot of shit. I, I thought, know you, you know, did. we were going to do something specific. Oh, we will. Oh, oh, will we now? It's a pineapple party. Oh, we got polyamory too. What's that? You want a kink fest? A little BDSM? Well, buckle up, buttercups, because we got that too. It's the Kitchen Sink ENM and Kink Podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to episode number 61 mm-hmm. of the Kitchen Sink ENM and Kink fucking podcast. Fucking podcast. You got that right. Well, I mean, that's basically all it is. It's a fuck podcast. Well, yeah. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. It is uh, the episode before we leave. To go to Pod Bash. Yeah, we leave in like three days. Three fucking days. We are not fucking packed. Not at all. No. But I do have all of our laundry done and ready. So now all we got to do is just pick what we want and fit it in somehow one fucking suitcase, including my shoes. And I decided I do want to bring my workout shoes with me. Don't give me that look. I'm doing it because my whole week is fucked up. So I'm going to have to at least work out one day while there. I'm going to have to bring workout shoes too. Because uh, I believe I'm going to be working out with the boys. Oh, are you? Yeah. This is news to me. You did not inform me of this. Eh, well, you know, because I know Brian and uh, Lee from the Swinging Flamingos. They're like super gym guys. Just so you realize this, they do this at like six o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. Okay. This I mean, is, th- th- that might be a little tricky thing for you. Hey, I am going to pretend like I'm a gym bo- gym bro. So does that mean I get to go with and I just get to be the gym girl? Um, I don't know. I mean, I was under the assumption it was dicks only, but. I mean, I, I can bring the tits for fun. I mean, but that's that could be distracting. No, because I will make you <laughs> lift more. You want to see them titties bounce? Fucking squat five more times. <laughs> that doesn't work for me. Why? Because I'm not trying to impress anybody, even you. Well, I'm not saying for impressing. I'm just saying if you wanted to see the titties bounce. I mean. You're I'm, like, I I'm, see that all the time. Why the fuck I'm would I do it now? I'm not a boob guy, so <laughs> titties do nothing for me. Okay, then I will have you, like, do your bench presses with my ass over your face. Will that work? <laughs> Probably not. God damn it. I'm fine. This would be all kind of fun to do. And you're just like, nah. I'm not a gym guy. I know. But you want to be with the gym bros. It's cool. Well, I mean, I'm going to go bond. All right, you do your bonding. If we make it at the same time, we do. If not, I'll do my own thing. Yeah, so, I mean, we have to do this episode, and Mm -hmm. then right after this, we're going to record 
the following Monday's episode. Yeah. So it will not obviously be about Pod Bash because no, we won't, we won't have been there yet. Yeah, we haven't been there yet. And then when we come back, that will be our recap on Pod Bash. Yes, we will be doing a recap. Yay! So, um, we have normal topics. Yeah, yeah, for the most this part. week. So we're going to go ahead and get into the swing topic of the week. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a message that I received from one of our listeners. Okay. So let's hear all about that. <clears throat> um, apparently, this gentleman and his wife have been communicating digitally with another couple for months. Things were going well. You know, everybody seemed to be on the same page. And they went, you know, to set up a in-person meet and greet. Mm-hmm. So the night of this meet and greet, they call, you know, on the phone to set up, you know, dinner plans and all that. And this other couple drops a bombshell that um, they had previously tested positive for HPV. Oh, and syphilis okay and uh but their recent tests you know showed i guess hpv was gone or something i didn't exactly clarify on that okay but that um the syphilis was under the range where it's contagious like it's still there but the levels aren't high enough to spread to somebody else. All right. Now, this obviously took our couple aback. Yeah, I, I can know, imagine it would. Because they've been speaking to this couple for months. Right. Like, And this is the first time that they're hearing about it. Well, yeah. So they they go to dinner. And, you know. I'll command them for still doing that. Well, I mean. You, know, you invested time. So. You invested in it. So, and then after dinner, I guess they all spoke. And um, the couple that listens to the show told the other couple that, you know, they appreciate their honesty. Mm-hmm. However, you know, play is not on the table. And I, I think aside from, you know, the last minute, uh, revelation of it Mm -hmm. a big issue is the gentleman in the couple that listens to our show has a rare form of blood cancer so now hold up for a lot of people that may not know there is something that is called a blood cancer yes there's a couple different types um i believe the one that he has is polycythemia vera and there's a couple different types of that Mm. um so for him from what i gathered from speaking to him uh his red blood cells attack his white blood cells so he doesn't have a very good immune system i was just gonna say he doesn't have an immune system and on top of that you know part of his treatment is you know he has to have dr- have blood drawn, you know, every uh, couple months. Okay. Because part of what uh, PV is is where 
you have too much blood in your body. Never knew that could be a bad thing. Um, well, and it makes your blood thick because you have too many uh, of one of the different types of blood cells. So okay. in his case, he has too many red blood cells. Okay. There are people that have too many of both blood cells, red and white, mm-hmm. which makes your blood even thicker, you know, because now your blood is packed with cells. Right. And that it doesn't can, give enough room for passage. Right. And that can raise blood pressure and all that stuff. <clears throat> so he also has to undergo uh, chemotherapy. Which that already will bring down your immune system too. Well, in, in his case, it uh, it slows down the production of red blood cells because it targets the cells in the bone marrow okay. that produce red blood cells. So it's they're basically attacking his own body to stop the production of red blood cells so that his red blood cells don't attack the white, white blood, blood cells. cells. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a lot going on right there. Right. So, I mean, obviously, you know, his immune system is compromised. Mm-hmm. Most and, definitely. And uh, he put it best in his closing, you know, statement to me mm-hmm. that what he told this other couple, you know, is, you know, maybe for some people, their conditions or, you know, like whatever they have going on isn't that big of a deal. But for somebody like him... Like, that can be a death sentence. That, yeah, definitely. That's very understandable that it could be. So, he felt the need to reach out and okay. have us talk about this because, you know, we don't always know what another couple is going through, you, you know, right. as far as their health and all that. Right, and you want them also to, you know, be upfront with you too, but there could be some things that, you know, in that case, it's not necessarily something that's it's going to affect that other person. It's only affecting him. Right. And, you, you know, especially for pod bash, you know, the testing is a big thing. It is. Yeah. Everyone is posting their results in the telegram group, you know, mm-hmm. saying all clear, you know, that's great. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, you've been tested because you're going to be having surgery soon. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you're good. I got tested and haven't played since, so I know no. I'm good. Um, but, you know, if there is something that pops up, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're the type of people that we're going to say something. Oh, hell yeah. There's never there's never a chance that would be like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. Like, yeah, no. If there's something that came up, everyone needs to know that is going to be a part of it. And if we cannot participate, we don't. Yeah, I mean, like... Because nobody should want to, you know, hide anything, no. you know, as far as health goes. Right. So for me, you know, when I get tested, I come up with HSV1, which mm-hmm. is cold sores. Mm-hmm. I've had it since I was a kid. Yeah. And almost the whole you population know. does. Right. And in a lot of tests, they don't even test for that because it's so right. common. Right. Um, but, you know. I have no issue with showing somebody and they're like, oh my God, HSV1. Well, I mean, I haven't had a cold sore since I was like 10. Right. So the difference between HSV1 and HSV2 is with HSV1, it is just cold sores. 
they are located just on your mouth, your lip area. Um, so if like you chewed on your lips really bad and broke it open, that can irritate the skin enough that you could have a breakout if your immune system was down at that time. So basically it almost has to play along at the right, right time for stress and everything else. Yeah. And I mean, obviously if you have a sore, right. you can pass it on. Right. So if you know that there's a sore, you just don't do anything until it's healed. Yes. So- and then with HSV2, that is the one where you actually have to take the medication. I believe it is a daily medication, but it's for life. Yeah, I mean, you can take it for HSV-1, like, if you... If you have, have an outbreak. If you have common outbreaks. Right. You know, because, like, I, I do know some people that they get cold sores, mm-hmm. like, it seems like every couple months. Yeah. That's not the case for me. Like I said, I haven't had a cold sore since I was, like, 10 or 11. Yeah, I was going to say, we've been together for almost 10 years, and I've never seen you have a cold sore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but back then, you know, because I'm going to be 40... In a month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half. Um, you know, it, people didn't know about that. Like, no. a cold sore was just a cold sore. Yeah, they didn't think anything more past that. So, you know, when your auntie and uncles and, you know, your grandparents, you know, they come give you a kiss. They don't even know that they have it, you know. And back then it was customary mm-hmm. that when a family member says, come give me a kiss, you, you know. You just did. You do it. Yeah. You know. We didn't have that autonomy as children that everyone is pushing, you know, like right now. Right. So I'm assuming that's how I got it was, mm-hmm. you know, a family member gave me a kiss and they didn't know they had it or whatever. Very, very likely. But I mean, I have no issue with telling people like, yeah, HSV one positive. Mm-hmm. Don't care in the slightest. And if you're butthurt about it, don't play with me. Don't. Well, yeah, it, it's simple as that. If you if you're uncomfortable with that and you're not up to wanting to play, then that's no hurt feelings. It's yeah. I let you know, and you make that decision. If it, I you know, you don't have an outbreak, so either you still want to play or you don't. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, to me, that just shows your ignorance to not do your 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 yeah. studying. <laughs> I mean, basically, if you're in this space, you should know what all of these different STIs are and, mm-hmm. you know, how they spread. Right. Cuz I mean, way back when I was younger, I had gotten uh chlamydia and it was treated with doxycycline and it's once you're treated, it's gone. Like you're not going to get it oh again. Oh my god, you dirty whore. I know. I totally <laughs> felt like a dirty whore too because like I never had anything wrong besides like a yeast infection. So like when I had something that was way beyond that, I was like, "Say what?" And and I don't know, but what I did, and I was very responsible when I found out about this because I was oh, I was probably I think I was like 18, maybe 19, and I called the person, the, like the last person that I was with to let them know that, Hey, I tested positive for this. I am being treated, but you should probably go get tested to make sure you don't have it either. Right. Cause that's the right thing to do. Right. And you know what? It was really nerve wracking. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. not going to lie. Well, especially, <laughs> you know, being young. Oh yeah. And with the stigma that STIs had back then. Well, yeah, you literally were then a dirty fucking slut. Yeah. And like, I'm like, great, now I got to make this phone call to this guy and hope to God that, one, he's not going to be super mad at me because I didn't know, or maybe I got it from him. But right. either way, he needed to know, and he needed to then get tested to make sure that whoever he's with doesn't get it, and that if he did have it, he needed to be treated. Because if you don't treat these things, they do have 
very dangerous side effects if they go for a long period of time. Yeah, and I mean, and that's super commendable of you. I mean, that took a lot of courage as an 18 or 19-year-old woman, you know, what, 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. Back when, you know. I wasn't in the lifestyle at all. Well, and the sex positivity just wasn't there no, it in was society not. yet. It, it was not. So it was very much frowned upon if you ever had anything like. So for you to do that, I mean, that takes balls. Yeah. Good, good job, kid. Thanks. <laughs> good job, kid. <laughs> oh yeah. There I am. Being a kid. But again. I mean, you know, for us as a couple in the swing and polyamorous lifestyles, you know, we're totally upfront with, with everything. Yeah. And like I said, if you don't want to play with me because mm-hmm. I had cold sores as a kid, yeah, then fine. Like it's like just no don't feelings. be shitty towards me because of it, or don't talk shit about me, right? <laughs> you know because we all know that in the swing space, people can act like children. They you do. know, like there's a they're there's, high schoolers all over again. Yeah, they want to go around and talk. Like, oh, there's a lot of bashing. Pedro's, you know test shows he was positive for hsv1 mm-hmm. meanwhile the people they're talking to probably don't even know what hsv1 is probably not you know and that goes back to the ignorance thing there's a mm-hmm. lot of ignorant people in the lifestyle space unfortunately yeah so it's beneficial for everybody if you educate yourself mm-hmm. on the various stis um how they're transmitted, how they're treated, you know, um, if it's something that you need to, you know, speak about You're right. with future partners, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, for us, we tell it how it is and you can take it or leave it. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those things where in this person's situation where that other couple who did test positive, they should have said from the very beginning and not have had it go so long of conversing back and forth. That should have been something oh, that came sure. up right away. I mean, that's that was a dick move on their part. Yeah, that was a. I mean, okay, so I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Maybe while they were talking to this couple and hadn't met them yet, they were seeing other couples, and then got tested because they were planning on seeing this couple, and that's when they found out. I mean, it's, it's possible. But in that case, then, they still should have right. said something sooner. They should have said something the second they found out. Yeah. Because, I mean, e- even if it was a month or two months into talking, right? you know, they should have said, hey, we just had a test done mm-hmm. and we came up with this. Like, right. we're sorry, you know, things aren't going to happen for X amount of time. Right. If you would still like, you know, to communicate with us, we're... We're totally open to that. Mm-hmm. If not, we completely understand. Yeah. And now if their their one test was with the syphilis and that their percentage on their rate of being able to give it to somebody else was really low, I would still feel now again, I didn't do research on, you know, exactly how contagious that is as far as your numbers are. But if I was speaking with somebody who does have any compromised immune system, I would wait till I was completely like zeroed or actually just in general, if I was going to play with anybody and I had that, I would wait till I had no, no more signs of it whatsoever in my body. That way I knew I could go in with a clear conscience that 
I'm protecting not only myself, but somebody else. Now, I do not know if the other couple knew about his condition. That I don't know. Gotcha. But just the right thing to do would have been to say something as soon as they found out. Yeah. Not wait months and months. Yeah, especially with a topic like that. You you need to put that up front. Yeah, and I mean, so piggybacking off of this gentleman, uh, I have to go get tested for PV. (laughs) Well, so we... We were in conversation about this uh, yesterday because, you know, we've been on, you've been on uh, blood pressure medication. For um, two years now. For two years. You have dealt with ED Mm -hmm. and you are on TRT. Yes. You've had some improvement, but not the drastic improvement that everybody talks about. Yes. And you still have the sleepy feeling and... The other really, oh God, you freaked me out so much with it, was that you were like, I can feel my blood. And I'm like, wait, what? So you're like, feel my hands. So I held your hand and oh my God, 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 I still am thinking about it right now. Whoo, I felt it pulse through your finger. And it was like a the thud, the thud. And I was, no, that was just the creepiest feeling in the world. But you were thinking that it would be along the lines of having, they said, thick blood. And too much blood. And too much of it. So the fact that I've, I I agree with you, I think that's what it, it would, could possibly be going on. Because when you did have blood pulled um, just to donate, it wasn't for testing or anything. But that was, what, two months ago? In July. Okay. You had felt much better. Yeah. I felt great for like two or three weeks and afterwards. You, and you weren't having any headaches. Yep. And you had a little bit more energy. Yeah. You weren't as sluggish yeah, or I run mean, down. Most of my symptoms, you know, got much better. Mm-hmm. And they did tell me, like, I was right on the line for my hemoglobin mm-hmm. for, you know, how how high the number can be. Because okay. they test you right there before. You can donate? Yeah. Okay. So they can't take anything over, I believe, an 18. Okay. And I was like 18. <laughs> So you just you just made that yeah. cutoff. We're like, we can use you. Yes, but now I've had a uh, high red blood cell count almost my entire life that I can remember. Like, huh. and they so, they never really thought anything of it. No, because my other levels weren't elevated. Okay. I just always had a high red, red blood, blood cell, cell count. Hmm. But I did notice before I went on TRT mm-hmm. and I had blood work done. That my white blood cell count was pretty high, my red blood cell count was pretty high, and my hematocrit was also high. Oh. Now, they did tell me, when I went on TRT, we have to keep an eye on this, Mm -hmm. because testosterone will increase your hematocrit. Oh, okay. You know, Mm. it makes your blood thicker. Right. But they just tell you, oh, just go donate blood, you know, like once a quarter. Right. And you'll be fine. So I went to donate blood yesterday mm-hmm. and because you were feeling so kind of crummy. Yeah. You know, we're going to pod bash. I wanted to get that kind of like boost of like, Ooh, feeling good. Yeah. Um, and the nurse practitioner did my uh, hemoglobin test mm-hmm. and she's like, let me do your other hand. I'm like, okay. So one hand was 19.4 and the other was 19.7. 
So question, how is there a difference between each hand if the blood's all circulating in your body? Like well, what makes the difference? <clears throat> I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I was just kind of curious. But I'm, like, huh. I'm going to average the two and say I'm at like a 19.5. Which is high. Which is really high. Because <laughs> you should be, what numbers were that again? Between 14 and 18. 18. Okay. I was thinking it was between 14 and 17. Yeah. Um, so she told me about PV. Okay. You know, she said it's, it's, it's pretty rare, but you know, if you have elevated levels of white blood cell, red blood cell, and your, and hemoglobin and <laughs> hematocrit, mm-hmm. she's like, it really sounds like you have PV. So it's funny though, that she says that it's really rare, but yet that's but, what she like right well, away first thought of. She works at a blood donation center. So well, yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a blood thing. She would know, right. but it's just interesting because if it is something that's rare, Obviously, it's something that they can see often because I yeah. mean, they're looking at your blood. Yeah. So I have to call on Monday, make an appointment. For after pod bash. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not going to get there beforehand. Yeah. There's no snow way. Um, but from doing my research, mm-hmm. you know, and talking to her, it sounds like there's a really good chance I have a form of PV. Wow. It's a very scary thing. Which sucks because, I mean, like, yeah, it's not a tumorous cancer. But it is a form of cancer that's literally throughout your whole body. Yeah. I mean, it's your blood. That's what goes through every single organ. It literally is what keeps you alive. Right. And, uh, you know, like, my blood isn't going to kill me. No. In the essence that, like, my blood is toxic or anything. But what does kill you is it creates clots. Mm-hmm. And that can go to places where it shouldn't. have strokes, pulmonary embolisms, and heart attacks. Right. So looking it up, I mean, there seems to be like a 10-year range of people under 60 that get diagnosed with it, where it's like a 14 to 24-year lifespan. Oh, goodness. <laughs> So, okay, you know, it's, but that kind of puts me right where I said I was going to croak if I hit that 24 year mark. <laughs> and I've been telling you that since we've been together. I like know. By I'm- 65, I'll be out of here. So another thing I was right about. You got to just stop. You got to stop. <laughs> it's just what you got to do. I mean. I want you to be wrong on this one. You have no idea how much I want to be wrong on it. I mean, I want to be wrong too, but I know my percentages and I'm hardly ever wrong. <laughs> well, maybe your, your life expectancy part will be wrong. I mean, and who knows in 10 years they could have, you know, better. Maybe they'll have a medicine that, you know, medicine, yeah. helps with this kind of like they have with blood pressure. They have medications that help with that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the, the medicine will be better than the blood pressure medicine. Cause I've been on blood pressure medicine for two years and it hasn't really done shit for me. No, but that also kind of goes along with thinking maybe what you have going on with possible PV could be why, because you know, you have thick blood and the medication is just not working for that because you have a more major underlying condition and it's not actually anything to do with your blood pressure. Yeah. I mean, 
we'll just have to wait and see what if the anything it just help you not have any blood clots yeah i mean um, and you should probably take some aspirin just to be on the safe side well see i don't know because like my body's so used to thick blood i don't know what it would do if i thinned it out <laughs> probably work better <laughs> with my luck that would give me a heart attack oh my god all right so we'll hold off on that and then we'll let the doctor decide yeah and then it can be on him if you die yeah i mean i am going to lower my uh, trt dosage mm-hmm. until i see the doctor probably a good idea for right now yeah I'm that just way gonna, you're not having any extra thickness of your blood yeah i mean i'm gonna back it down a couple notches from where i'm at okay just to play it safe for the time being uh, yeah i i think playing it safe would be better than not yeah i mean i'm i'm doing my part to, okay you know okay get healthy yes ish ish healthy ish <laughs> well i mean if that is what it is i mean there is no cure unfortunately it doesn't look like it there's only things that you can do to kind of manage it it. yeah to manage it uh that's about it yeah so that's going to be my plan okay um and if anybody has any experience with this you know aside from the gentleman that i spoke to feel free to reach out you know and give me some insight or what things i have to look forward to yeah. Aside from going broke from all the fucking doctor's visits I'm going to have to do. Lord, yeah. Really not looking forward to that. No, definitely not. So, but yeah, I mean, to recap, you know, don't be shitty and wait until you spend months talking to people before you drop a bombshell that, you know, no. you've been, you know, dealing with an STI or that... Uh, you may live with one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be that person. No, definitely don't. Be say it up, about it. Say it up front and let the chips fall where they may. Yep. Because, I mean, there's plenty of people that will be like, oh, like, if you have herpes, mm-hmm. as, lo- as long as you don't have an outbreak, they're like, I don't give a fuck. Pretty much. You know, I mean... And then there's the people that are like, you have herpes? Oh, my God, don't even look at me. Yep, and that's what you're going to deal with. You're going to either have people that are accepting of it and they're okay, or there's people that are just not going to be wanting anything to do with it. But those are the people. So, like, the first group, Mm -hmm. the ones that are like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. They're usually the ones with the higher sexual IQ because they've done their research. Mm -hmm. They know what to look for. So, like, you know, when you're naked... Like, you can see if you got herpes going on. Yeah. As long as you know what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see anything, there's a 99% chance that there's no outbreak happening. Correct. You know, and of course, you're probably going to be using protection, even though, you know, uh, condoms, I believe it's like 70-something percent effective with the transmission of herpes. I think so. And, And it's really because of that skin contact. Right, and the same thing with HPV, you know, there's really no stopping some of these things completely. Mm -hmm. It's just a risk you take being in the lifestyle. Yeah. So know your risks and know what to look for. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, try to be a little bit more compassionate towards people, I guess. You know, don't be a dick bag. Yeah, no. If somebody does come to you and say, hey, I had this or I have this. You know, if it's not your thing, then just politely say, you know, 
Thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. At this time, I'm really not interested in playing. Yeah. That's the best way to handle it. Simple. Mm-hmm. Very simple. <laughs> All right. So what do we got for polyamory? So this is kind of something that I've thought about. <laughs> and a lot because of the way our you know daughter is. And we are a poly couple. Um, she has seen us with... Are having a girlfriend, um, and she's usually just referred to them. Usually, um, the very close ones that we've had as you know her second mom, and you know I've kind of wondered how would we feel if she came to us when she was older and had said, you know, I'm dating two guys, or I'm dating a guy and a girl. I mean, I know we would be accepting of it, and she already has some kind of a thing with two little boys. So it's already like, she's like, I like this one or I like this one, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, with her seeing it, how would I feel about it? Yeah. I mean, like, what are your thoughts on it? Well, a part of me would kind of be like, okay, is she open to this because she sees her parents like that? And she sees that as okay. So that's the only reason why it happened. Or is it honestly just how she feels? Because growing up in this time, things are more open and acceptable. And there is a lot more polyamorous type of relationships that are out there now. Mm-hmm. And they are they kind of stem from, you know, a group of friends that kind of just that's, stick well, together. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how it happens. And I mean, from all the things you know, we've seen and have been told by maybe other couples that have teenagers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of normal, you know, where people are like, yeah, my son, you know, he's got two girlfriends. They know about each other (laughs) and they're cool with it. Yeah. You know, or like you hear all the time about like people in their Mm twenties. It's totally normal for them to be with like two or more people. And it doesn't matter if they're all together or if it's, you know, like a V situation or just like a spread out, you know, I'm dating this person, this person, this person, and this person, and they're all dating other people and blah, blah, blah. Right. Because I think much like, uh, the housing crisis that (laughs) millennials and Gen Z are in, Mm -hmm. it takes a village. (laughs) It does. So it really does. I mean, just to live on your own, not even like involving, you know, creating a family. It takes a village to just live. And aside from bills and financial obligations, there's so much out there these days mentally that people have to deal with. There's a lot more strain. And I think spreading that, that load over multiple people just becomes a thing of necessity. Yeah. You know, because that makes sense. There's so many people being diagnosed, you know, with mental illnesses and depression, anxiety and all that stuff. And I think some people are realizing it's a lot to ask of one person to handle all of this. To things. handle all of that. Yeah. You know, where you spread it out over a couple people and 
nobody kind of gets burnt out. Yes. So I think subconsciously that's going on. Okay. Like people aren't really aware of them doing it. So like if they're not in a poly relationship, you know, they have their significant other, but then they might be, you know, dishing out to their best friend or another friend or, you know, whatever they're doing that works for them. Oh yeah. I mean like they're definitely doing that, but I mm -hmm. feel like these days there's more people finding romantic relationships because of that. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Part of it could be like a trauma bonding thing oh like they you know, find somebody else that went through because it because everybody these days seems to have anxiety depression they do yeah know? and it makes it easy for people to connect yes yes so i think you're onto something with that and i do feel like there is a lot of people especially in like the poly groups that i'll see them posting about you know a situation whether they have ptsd or they are going through a bad bout of depression and they're reaching out because they that's where they feel safe and other people who are also poly are you know getting in touch with them and then you're seeing the connections that are forming like right. even in like my hot spicy moms it's doing the same thing where there's moms that are, are being able to bond with another and they've now they're either full blown, just they're a lesbian couple now, or they have done like a V and they're able to have their relationship with, you know, also having their partner on the side. Right. Yeah. So I think my biggest thing, if our daughter came to us and said, Hey, you know, I'm dating multiple people. I, I think the only thing I would ask her mm -hmm. is, are you doing this for you? Or are you doing this to make somebody else happy? So I know she is definitely going to be on that line of a people pleaser. So it makes me kind of worry that she could be kind of torn between doing it for reasons of, you know, she likes this person, but she also likes that person. And I mean, yes, that kind of fits in for being the poly. Well, yeah, I mean, but, like I understand that. That would be the reason to be poly. Right. But what I'm saying is if, say, she wants to date guy A. Yeah. But guy A says, you know, that's great. I'll date you, but I'm going to have two more girlfriends. Mm. So make sure she's not doing it where there's like a stipulation. Right. Yeah. Like if she's not totally on board with it. Right. Then... Like, if it's not mutual in all aspects of it, then that's where we right. would have a problem. Yeah. Then I will tell her, like, don't do that. Yeah. Because if it doesn't fill your cup mm -hmm. and you're only doing it to fill somebody else's cup. That doesn't work. You're going to get real thirsty real quick. Yeah. You know, and I just don't want to see her or anybody, you know, trying to make other people happy while making themselves miserable. Yeah. That's one thing I definitely don't want is for her to kind of feel like, you know, she either is doing it for somebody else or, you know, she's just not getting what she's really wanting out of it all. Right. Because if she's not getting all the things that she needs out of that relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and if she's not fully in that poly mindset, she's not going to think to go get another boyfriend. Right. She's right. going to try and get everything she needs from that one guy. Right. And it's just not going to happen. Mm -mm. So if she goes into it with the mindset of, you know, I'm going to get 
X, Y, and Z from this guy. I'm going to get X, Y, and Z from that guy Mm -hmm. or that girl or whatever, you know, then fine. Hey, as long as you're ethical about it, Mm -hmm. have fun. Enjoy. And I kind of feel like, or I'm hoping that over time as she gets older and, you know, we maybe eventually have another relationship with somebody together that she sees the things that are good. Cause she sees what's good between me and you. And she sees, you know, the communication and there's, you know, no screaming or yelling or anything. Like there's nothing but being fun and silly and loving each other. So she already has that basis, but I feel like what I'm, or at least what I'm hoping is when the time comes that we do have somebody that we share together again, that she sees it now that she would be a little bit older and be able to like take it all in and learn from that to see, okay, you know, this is also acceptable and this is what I should be looking for if this is the way I want to go when I'm older. Right. And it, it, it definitely does help that, you know, like my mom is the other main woman. Mm-hmm in her life Mm -hmm. and for the most part i mean my mom supports us in what we do yeah you know she may not be like shouting from the rooftops you know how supportive she is but i mean she she definitely doesn't speak negatively about it no and, and she never says anything negative towards our lifestyles in front of our daughter no never so I, it allows I think, her, I think it it allows her to be able to make her own decision. Yeah, I mean she's going to be able to see in person, you know, how we are with a partner. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to be able to see how the family, the outside family reacts and if it's in a positive way, like it should be, mm-hmm. then she can make up her own mind like, oh, you know, this isn't taboo right and this is a lifestyle choice that i can make one day if i wanted to do that yeah so but i will support her no matter what like if she's Mm -hmm. poly swing bdsm monogamous like it doesn't matter to me as long as she's doing it for her own reasons yeah and as long as in the end she's happy is really the end goal right because i would be just as vocal in my disapproval mm-hmm. if she wanted to be ENM and was only being monogamous because a guy or girl says that's the only way to be with them. Yeah. You know, I would definitely tell her that's not going to end well for yeah, her. That is not going to end well. Yeah. You know, like you can love someone to death, but if you're not truly happy with yourself, then that relationship is not going to last. Correct. So that's how I feel about it. Well, we've got quite some time before we have to get there. So I mean, not really. I, I mean, mean, we have like well, okay, less, I, than, less than a decade. Yeah, we have less than a decade. So, but it was something to think about because you know, there's things where you know she's getting a little bit more on the, I guess, boisterous side when it comes to her and the boys, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, wait, what a minute, <laughs> I'm not ready for this. <laughs> you better get ready. I know. I know it'll be, it'll be here before I know it. Knocking on the door. All right. So I think that's going to do it for the poly segment. Here. Yes, it will. 
And then I know you got something strange for kink and BDSM. It's not strange. I'm not kink shaming, but to me it's strange. Okay. So we had talked before with the pony play. Now, pony play is basically where someone is acting out as a horse and they usually, you know, have a rider. Sometimes they will have a saddle. They do make things that you can have your master basically ride you. Um, You can have little like gags put in, riding crops, uh, anal plugs with tails. So you like kind of have the whole horse look, even little boots, stuff like that. So I actually came across on one of my TikToks, a woman who participates in pony play. Now, she's on the far end of into like the pony play because, you know, this is something that she loves to do and it makes her feel very fulfilled in her life. And she will actually go to a horse farm. I'm not sure, you know, if it's her own or friends or whatnot. I, I believe it's her family's okay. from what you showed me. So she basically will get up all in gear. So she will have like a headdress on that has a mane and a tail. She will have the face makeup done as whatever color horse she wants. She'll have bits or halters, which not. She'll also like be in any arena or a fenced in area with another horse and will like rub up on it and everything and kind of socialize as if she was a horse with the other horse, like the real horse. Right. And from what I gathered from it, Mm -hmm. to me, it's not so much the pony play that you would think of in BDSM. It's not. It's more of like that furry type thing. Kind of. Yeah. Where you take on the whole persona of an animal. Yes. And it's not for sexual means. No. It's because you literally want to be that animal. Yeah. So that's why it's a little strange for me. Like I understand, you know, like the the the, act the puppy of the- play and the kitten play mm-hmm. or the pony play in BDSM sense where yeah. you have someone that is like using you in that capacity in right. a sexual way. So the way that I would be interested in that is, so this was something that I was like intrigued with is she would pull a cart and they would, you know, have the person, the carriage rider would, or driver, may I say, would use a little whip on them and guide them where to go. And they would just pull the cart around. We see this actually in like Japan and China, they do that for taxi services. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it's a lot, there's like a fine line between just acting out as being a a pony or where you are being the role of a pony, but in your mind, it's because you are serving your master and this is how they want to use you. And right with her, I don't get that aspect of it. No, it's purely for her. Yes. And I believe she even had said that this is her she needs this to feel fulfilled in her overall being. And it wasn't a sexual nature. Right. Um, but it was different. You know, it was, it's different in the aspect of how she takes it versus how others in that same world would handle that and right. respond with it. Because 
I believe we briefly talked about our friend up north mm-hmm. that it's a couple that actually does BDSM style pony play. Yes. Where the male is the pony, mm-hmm. has an actual head, like horse head mm-hmm. mask. Yeah. That's made out of leather and, you know, they have stirrups and uh, she uses spurs and you know riding crops and the whole nine yards that sounds really fun but yes we did talk about this um you know so his kink is to be used as a horse yeah you know by an attractive female rider mm-hmm. now for anyone that has dated horse girls <laughs> we're usually all attractive i think us men can relate yeah to a point Right. You know, because we've all envisioned ourselves being ridden Ridden by a horse girl. That's (laughs) always the thing. Like, let me have you ride you like you ride your horse kind of thing. And you're just like, do you know how we ride horses? Let's just show you how we ride horses. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, while the whole pony play thing isn't for me, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can totally understand the. The one for it for some people. Yeah. I mean, because horse girls, you know. We're batshit crazy. Well, and their life is the horses. Yes. Like so, you get pampered and you get used in all different aspects. Right. So to pretend to be the horse yeah. is basically like being treated like a king when you're with a horse girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me clean your sheath. <laughs> you know? So like, I can understand it. Yeah. I, I won't say I could do it, but I can understand it. Yeah, like I feel like if I had somebody who was really into being the horse for me, that I could get into it. Oh, I I totally see you being able to get into that. <laughs> it's because I don't have my own horses anymore. Even when you did. <laughs> you know, like I could totally see. I mean, like, when I was younger, we did used to like pretend that our friends that were older than us, they could carry us. So they were our horses and we would literally ride them into the back trailers and like load them up onto the horse trailers and stuff. And yeah, so maybe that's where it kind of all stems from. And like they would have a halter on and we would lead them around. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. If we would have stayed up north uh-huh. and, you know, gotten closer to that couple, I could totally see the two of you bonding over, (laughs) you know, having your own human ponies, (laughs) having our own stable. (laughs) Yeah. Like that would have been so freaking awesome. I could totally see that. Yeah. You know, we would have rocked that shit. (laughs) Wouldn't have been my thing, but like I could have seen you finding my own pony doing that a hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, to each their own. And if that's what people want to do, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Just don't ask me to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I really do feel like there's just different levels to it as well. So it really just depends on like the person and what they would want to be into. Like, do you want me to t- take you to the barn and put you in a stall and then take you right. out and ride you? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's happened for our friends. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I'm sure she has done that to him. But uh, for most people, it's going to be in the bedroom. Yeah. Because they don't have a barn and, yeah, you know. Like, you can't really actually act that out as far as if you were to be in that role of a said horse. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fun stuff. (laughs) Very Uh, fun. Love how you come up with this stuff. 
You ask me and I deliver. All right. So <laughs> what's our fun segment going to be this week? I want to know what your fantasy is for Podbash. Okay. So mine might take a little bit longer than yours because well, I'm, of course. I'm more in depth. So why don't you go first? Of course. <laughs> All right. So, okay. This is something that we've discussed uh, a couple days ago as far as like where our journey in the lifestyle is kind of going to shift more towards. And I was kind of thinking about it more and more. And I was like, you know, I, I kind of feel like this would be really kind of hot is if, well, there's two, there's two parts I'm going to say. Okay. I'll make them quick because there's only two and I don't go into far details. So I would really like to have something happen where it is a male, female, male, and it would be, it would have to be with someone that you had vibed really well with. And like, you kind of hit it off almost like besties. So like, you were already really comfortable with this person and like, I'm obviously attracted to him and the way that you two are kind of being able to just like be bros together is kind of a turn on to me. So if that were to happen, I would, I would love for it to, you know, be taken back to the bedroom and, you know, be pampered by the two of you. But also I want to be the one to like focus on like both of you, because what I really liked the first, uh, MFM that we had was like me sitting in the middle of you and like jerking off the both of you. It was really hard for me to do because like, I'm not really good with using my left hand because it's not a dominant hand. And overall, I loved the, just the feeling of being able to please two guys at once. And the Eiffel Tower was pretty hot too. So I would totally do that again. So that's the one scenario. The other one. Now, do you have anybody in mind for that? Or? I, I really don't. Okay. So that's that's going to be, uh, I'm going to have to just be on the sidelines and just kind of see who you may be talking with Gotcha. and see if like you guys seem to really be hitting it off. And if I find that person attractive to be like, hey, I would then come to you and say, hey, I think I kind of like this guy. What do you think? Okay. So it would be more dependent on like how I'm yeah vibing like, with somebody yeah like if i can tell that you guys are like really like hitting it off that will probably be the, the kickstarter to potentially having something happen gotcha okay um and then my other fantasy and this goes more towards what we were talking about as far as a direction of where we may take or where we're thinking of taking our journey in the lifestyle is i would like to be your wing girl okay have something be set up where you go off and basically I just kind of wait until we get to be together again and I get to reclaim you because that's my biggest thing is I love to reclaim. And I want, I'm, I have somebody in mind. I've, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but if it does occur, then as we're fucking I kind of, I'm on the line of like, I want to be told like what you all did. But then at the same time, I also want to be like, but you like being in this pussy too, right? And just kind of have that banter back and forth with you and just, I don't know, kind of pimp you out for the weekend. <laughs> okay. So question. <laughs> yes. Because 
this has kind of always been a fantasy of mine, like that whole scenario. Okay. You being pimped out? Yes. (laughs) You're like, yes, send me out. But the reconnecting thing. Yeah. But in my part of that fantasy, Mm -hmm. like as I'm telling you about what we did, I'm showing you. Like at the oh, same time. Oh, so like you're saying like, oh, okay, so. So then. Like you know, I went I, down I on her. her and, and, you know, like this is how I was fucking her and, you know. Okay, that's kind of hot. Yeah, like that's the part of my fantasy with this. So, I Ooh. mean, for those of you who okay. may not be versed in the terminology of the lifestyle, what Tink is describing is a hot husband scenario. Yeah. So it's the same thing as hot wifing. Except but it's, it's me being the one to wait until you come back and right. then have you tell me so in, how your encounter went. Yes. It's the man going out and playing with a single female or a solo playing female mm-hmm. and then coming back to his wife. Yes. And having that reconnection or reclaiming, you know, session mm-hmm. where you get told all about it because that's the part that turns you on. Yeah. I kind of like that idea. Hmm. That might be also what to do. <laughs> So Wait, now, those are my my fantasies there. So who did you kind of have in mind with this? Or do you not want to say on the air? I don't want to say on the air just because, one, I feel like it's it would jinx things. And two, I want to keep it under the lore. So okay. we're just, we're going to keep it that way. Okay. So that's your That's your it. Yeah. Okay. So what is your fantasy for Podbash? Okay. Mine is going to involve Brenna. Okay. Because this has been something <laughs> that has been eluding me since naughty. Okay. So since yeah. July. Now, we all know Podbash is Brian and Brenna's event. Yes. So their time is going to be precious. Very. So what I had thought up mm-hmm. was to do something kind of romantic. Okay. Like in a way. Okay. And leave little hints like all over the hotel <laughs> in, in places where she would be. Okay. So, you know, just have like little notes or something that would make t- her think it was you? Yes. Okay. Oh, I like this. And have it build up over a day or two. Oh. And this whole so time, so it's like she's like looking forward to those little notes. Yeah, so okay. she'll be looking for them, you know, because I'll, I'll tell her in the beginning to keep her eyes open, mm-hmm. you know, for little things from me. Okay. And then once you know she gets the final clue or whatever, mm-hmm. then I want to pull her aside, you know, so. Say I know for a fact she's going to have an hour mm-hmm. where she doesn't have any responsibilities. Uh-huh. I will find her, pull her, you know, say like out to a hallway if she's in a room or something. Okay. Put her up against the wall. And before she can even say anything, just start making out with her. Ooh, that's hot. Because if anybody knows Brenna, she always has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> so i want to stop that Uh, that's one way to do it (laughs) you know and then when i'm done kissing her Mm -hmm. 
she, and she's going to try to talk, I'm just going to be like, uh, follow me. Okay. And take her by the hand and take her back to the room. Okay. And if she tries to like talk the whole time, I'm just going to kiss her. Like every time, every she, time, every time just she to tries, stop her. yes, every time she tries to talk, I'm just going to kiss her. Okay. And I'm going to keep reminding her that I don't want her to say anything until I ask her to. Ooh. Now, some people are probably like, what a fucking dick. But if you know Brenna, mm-hmm. you know she likes guys that take charge. Oh, yeah. That's why I went, ooh. <laughs> so once we get in the room, mm-hmm. close the door, mm-hmm. ask her to undress. Mm-hmm. And I will watch her the entire time. Okay. Like, because I obviously think she's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And I will tell her, I just want to soak her all in. Oh. You know, as she's getting undressed. Mm-hmm. And then once she's undressed, I will ask her to come to me and have her start undressing me. Oh. Kind of like that service sub to come out. Yes, because if anybody listens to the Front Porch Swingers, you know that she can be aggressive. Very. With men. Mm -hmm. Because not a lot of men want to take charge with her. No, they don't. So I want her to come to me, Mm -hmm. undress me, and... Then, as I'm getting more and more naked, Mm -hmm. I will stop her, make out with her again. Okay. And then ask her to drop to her knees and start sucking my cock. All right. Because I know she loves to suck cock. Yeah, that she does. And she just loves them. She takes them all in. As she's doing that, you know, I I just want to run my hands through her hair Mm -hmm. because she has beautiful hair. Yes, she does. And it's long, too. And then, you know, as she's getting into it, I want to fuck her face. Oh, because that's pretty hot. (laughs) Like she's very, you know, good with her mouth. Mm -hmm. And I want to experience her version of it. Okay, But... I also want to remind her in that moment who's that you, in charge. I was just going to say who's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> so after a little bit of that, I will lead her over to the bed, mm-hmm. make her face the bed, and then bend her over it. Mm-hmm. And I will ask her if she remembers all the times that she's been bratty over the last five or six months. Oh. Because... She likes throwing out those little bratty remarks and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know, like when we're texting and all that. And I've reminded her several times that, you know, I can fix that with a good spanking. That's true. So I will then spank her until, you know, she asks me to stop. Okay. And then I will reward her by going down on her from behind. Okay. Okay. Because she has an amazing ass. 
mm-hmm. and I'm all about putting my face in it. <laughs> That's awesome. Then once I get her close, because if I make her come, then I can't go back down on her because she's very sensitive. Oh, okay. So once I know she's getting close, I will stop and lift her onto the bed and start fucking her. Oh. And there is a multitude of positions that I would love to try with her. Okay. So I'm hoping to be able to do them all. Okay. I mean, I'm going to try my best. (laughs) Okay. But then if she comes, then before I come, I'm going to stop and go back down on her. Oh. And make her come again with my mouth. So that way she's super sensitive Super turned on. Okay. And then I'm going to finish fucking her until I come. So during this whole process, you know, I'm going to be very dominant. Okay. Um, You know, I don't have time on the show to put all the little nuances in that, you know, I would love to make happen during this you know, session, Mm -hmm. but for our listeners, I just want them to know that I'm going to be, uh, borderline aggressive. Okay. And sensual Mm. because, because she likes that because yeah, I mean, I know she likes it. It's not my strongest suit, Mm -hmm. but I think you have enough of a good connection with her though that you can do it. Right. Because we have such a good connection. I feel like as I'm doing it and she's giving me that feedback. Mm -hmm. It just makes me want to do more of it. Okay. So I can have that more dominant, sensual attitude. Okay. And hopefully really give her a good mental experience as well as the physical. Right. Because, I mean, we all know she loves big dicks. Mm -hmm. That is no secret. No. (laughs) And I do not have one of those. So you don't have the BBC. No, I mean, I have, uh, you have a very nice dick. Yes. I have a nice white boy dick. Okay. And so you have a, I'm pretty okay (laughs) at using it. Uh, I'd say you're above pretty okay, but that's just maybe I'm biased, but you know, I, I, I know for a fact that I'm not going to be able to give her the same physical experience Mm -hmm. that, a much larger dick can. Right. So I'm going to do my best to make up for that mentally. Oh, and I definitely think that you will be very successful in that. You know, because the connection I have with her is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, and I know a lot of the things that she likes and what she doesn't like. So I plan on using all of that to my advantage. Okay. And hopefully giving her one of the best experiences that she's had. I think you will be very much ready to do that for her. I mean, we're going to see. <laughs> if not, I'm going to go bury my head in the sand. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, wait for this uh, PV to kill me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> because. How have, sh- have more hope in yourself here. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. Okay. I'm just saying, if I can't pull it off, I mean, I may never be able to show my face again. Okay. Because, you know, 
we this have is like this big long oh yeah crush this, and then feel like this is five oh, this over, over setting up five of, years yeah, of me long, crushing on her that's a long time i mean she didn't know i existed no, five years ago but no. i mean now that she does and we have such a wonderful connection you know and i absolutely love her man yeah you know that like, makes it even more he's one of my best friends yeah. and I just want to give her an amazing experience. And in turn, I know that her and Brian will have an amazing experience. Afterwards. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, it's a twofold. It's a, or two for one deal. It's a two for one deal. Right. Because <laughs> I want her to go back to Brian and be like, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like I need your cock right now. Yeah. And I want him to be like, ho, ho, ho. Like, thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to get a text from Brian going, I owe you, dude. You know, <laughs> like, that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I love Brenna, but that would seriously make me so happy. Okay. If I get that text from Brian being like, dude, you nailed it. Like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. So, yeah, that's my fantasy. Well, I am all for it. And I do have, you know, some other women I would love to play with while we're there. But, you know, I don't know them well enough to really put together a well thought out fantasy for them yet. Gotcha. So maybe next year, if I see them again, and you know, if we get to play this year, yeah, you'd have more of an idea of what you would like to do. Absolutely. All right. But I'm really looking forward to all of this. You know, hopefully becoming a reality. I hope so. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk about it when we get back, and we do the pod bash episode. That will be pretty cool. All right. Well, until then, enjoy the pre-recorded episode next week, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Kitchen Sink ENM and Kink podcast. Please make sure to check out the people who support us, VJ's Hotspot, the Trendy Pineapple, and also Pandora's Resort. They are really awesome people and they love and support the lifestyle just the way we do. So please make sure that you go and check them out. And if you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us pretty much everywhere at KS. E-N-M and Kink Podcast. That's all the major socials. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Clapper. And also now we are moving away from OnlyFans and you can find all of our video and picture content at fansly.com slash K-S-E-N-M and Kink Podcast.